wouldn't you like to know how to craft a life that you want to be living in, right? And that is what we're going to talk about today. Lori Seitz of zenrabbit.com has this answer for us and a three-step process. Ah! So with her trilogy of success process, she is going to explain to us even through her own lived experience of losing her mom and having to lose her first business or put it to bed at the same time in her life, how she was able to still be creating a life worth living in that she wanted to be a part of. And she's going to explain to us how we can be doing that for ourselves. And not only that, you guys, she shares an exercise during the podcast today. And on top of that, has given us links to a bunch of freebies, her meditations, and a download to help you get started. This is a podcast not to miss, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome. This is Midlife Crisis to a Centered Life Thriving, a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I have taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Introduce you to Miss Lori Seitz. She is the founder and CEO of Zen Rabbit, an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster. Lori is on a mission to teach the world to be calm and grounded no matter what's going on. Can you think of a better skill set to be teaching in the world today? As a nationally recognized gratitude and meditation expert, she guides entrepreneurs and corporate teams from stressed and chaotic to peaceful and focused. Through a collaborative and interactive approach, she provides tools and techniques for increasing sales, enhancing relationships, and improving overall health. When she's not working, you can find Lori in her sanctuary, a.k.a. the weight room at the gym. She also loves cupcakes, Thai food, and classic rock music. Does it seem like it all goes together? Well, the beauty of Lori Seitz is you're going to learn today why it does. Tell me a little bit about you. Uh, Yeah, where to start? Um, Background, most of my professional background is in marketing corporate communications and some broadcast. My first business in 2003 was making and marketing a product called the gratitude cookie, which was based on a family recipe that as a marketer, I made it, I didn't want to be the next Mrs. Fields. I, my goal was to create a product for businesses to say thank you to their clients and people who supported their success. So I did that through customized packaging created a retail package, had dreams of of seeing this on the shelves of Starbucks. That didn't happen. Um, (laughs) Primarily, well, I mean, I'm sure I probably could have made it happen, but uh, my pricing, they were so labor intensive to make 
that I couldn't get to a wholesale price that mm. would have been, I mean, Worse. maybe I could have, but at mm. the time I didn't really know how to do that. Yeah. To get to a price where I could sell it to them, still make a profit and have them be able to mark it up 40 or 50 or 60%, whatever they do. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. But amazing product, ran that business for 11 years, shut it down when I couldn't scale it the way I would have liked. And um, yeah. And then started teaching networking strategies, then pandemic, nobody was going to networking events. And so that then, changed. That's yes. a major pivot. Yeah. Yeah. I, had to, I just, I just keep pivoting. Um, well, it, yeah. as many of us have had to do, right? Like this yeah. pandemic stuff has just been it's been terrible. It's, it's it's been wonderful in some ways because of its major pattern interruption. Like it made yes. us all take a good look at our life and say, right. I don't know. Do I want to do something different here? Cause now's the time. Now's the time to yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's how I came to the idea of what I've been working on lately, which is the whole fuck being fine program because people have had this time to evaluate and go, you know, yeah, everything's fine, but that's not good enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I want more. Now I want more. Yeah. Well, tell, so my first question always is, Lori, tell us your story. Just start there. Like, who's Lori? Give us an idea. My whole spiel is learn to love your story. Um, and so I am helping empower women in midlife in particular, but women to really just take the whole of themselves and love it all up. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's where our power is and that's how we can step into in this midlife portion of our life, really step into designing a life of our dreams. So I always start by asking my guests, what's your story? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, it's my story. Well, it start, I'm back when I was a kid, I was super shy. Like there's the story on my website of the time, like all of my report cards said, Lori is very bright, but she needs to learn how to speak up in class. <laughs> because I was never confident enough to, to believe that I had the right answer, even though I did, mm. but I didn't want to embarrass myself by maybe I didn't have the right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So you started out shy because you're not doing anything shy right now. Doesn't seem. No, no. And that people don't, un like, they can't believe that that's who I was, mm -hmm. but that's who I was for most of my childhood. And I remember the minute my parents drove away from dropping me off at college and I started college as a broadcast major and I went straight to the TV station and was like, Hey, what's going on here? So <laughs> this is, this is divergent from when you were little. <laughs> Did yeah. you wanna... Well, and at the same time though, actually a lot of broadcasters and professional speakers are very introverted. And I'm not a big fan of the terms introvert and extrovert because there's so much baggage attached to them and misconception yeah. around what they really mean. But people like Howard Stern, you listen to him on the radio and you think he's not introverted at all, but he is very uh, averse to hanging out with people outside yep. of the studio. Yep. I like to uh, give a little a psychology lesson. Cause you know, I have to have all of this history and systems knowledge to have a doctorate, but what do you do with it? Literally nothing. But Myers-Briggs, which is what created that idea of introversion and extroversion. Mm. What people don't know is it was a woman and her daughter turn of the 19th century that created that survey. Um, and it didn't have a lot of psychometrics that supported it. It just didn't. I, yes, Good I ideas. 
good yeah. ideas, but like didn't have a lot of psychometrics. Now, since then, I, you know, we've fine tuned it to have a little bit more psychometrics. It doesn't look anything like it did originally, but still, um, I think that's why it doesn't sit well for people. It, it was too, um, like, here's your boxes. Are you in right. this box or this box? And lots of us have like aspects of to ourselves that we do need some introverted um, energy repair and restore time to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but connection is literally a human wired need. Yeah. So you I... can't go without your connection with people. But what that looks like does vary person to person. For some of us, we can get a lot of that connection in big, broad groups. And for others of us, we feel the most alone when we're in big, broad groups and we just need our people, right? So yeah, I don't like those terms either. I'm happy to hear um, others see the, like, there's just limitations. It's too- Yeah, absolutely. And I I recently heard that about Myers-Briggs. Like it wasn't based on any scientific studies or anything like that. There's a book, um, the first book I ever read by Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who I'm a big fan of his was, is called personality isn't permanent. And he talks in there about how all of these tests try to put people in boxes, but they're not really accurate and you don't have to accept it. No, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. it's really, uh, even when I was doing testing, I don't do testing anymore, although I still teach it to graduate students. But uh, even when I was doing it, I would tell people this is legit a snapshot. You know how you go to the doctor Mm -hmm. and you get your blood drawn or you pee in a cup and they come back and they say, today, your CBC panel looked good. (laughs) You know, today your blood sugar is great. But when we compared it to your A1C, maybe not. So it's, it's the same kind of principle. It's just what you're telling me today is kind of the constellation of things that are bothering you, not bothering you. And your personality is constructed to to manage those things for yourself. But gosh, I could give it to you in six months and you might say something very different or a different test in six months. And you might say, and show me something very, very different. So no, we're not married to that. We're not married to anything, which is why we're here. Right. (laughs) That's right. We can be anything or anybody we we would like to be. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let me go to my next question. What inspired you to start helping women? I am. So it's funny when I started my podcast two years ago, I thought my audience was going to be women in mid, mid forties, fifties. I'm not a big fan of the term midlife either. I know. Like, centered life. This is yeah, my new yes, term. I'm going yeah. for Ooh, centered I like life. It. I like that. Uh, yeah. I thought that's who my audience was going to be. And that's who I had as guests, but I found out that people of other ages and genders were also listening. So I'm not a hundred percent focused on just helping women because I'm actually seeing a lot of the same issues with men in terms of feeling where, where am I going now? I've gotten here. And first of all, how did the last 25 years go by so fast? What we, what, hold on. What just happened? I graduated I from high school and college. How? How? A blink ago? ago. A right. blink. That's right. sitting. I'm sitting at like my my nieces and nephews' weddings and graduations, and I'm like, when did this happen? I yeah. just. I what? Yeah, it was just me. <laughs> like a couple years ago. What? This is. There's some kind of time warp happening. There yeah. must be. Right. So. um, but yes, I mean, getting to this place where we're saying everything's fine because 
it's fine. Nothing's terrible. It's nobody's, you know, pulling the, I mean, we might be like running around with our hair on fire, but some days, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some days, right. But life is not terrible. And a lot of people look at their life and wonder what they have to complain about, but they're still feeling this undercurrent of suck. And so then they start beating themselves up because they're like, well, why can't I be happy with this? Look what I have. I have this great family relationship, career, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Why am I not happy with this? So right. then they go, well, there must be something wrong with me. And there's not, and there's, there's not. something And so that's wrong. what drew me into, <laughs> yes. all right, because I was there, I've been there and a lot of my friends have been there. And now, now what can we do to move forward? How do we craft a path that is a life that we would like to lead? And this came about for me in 2014 when I was shutting down my first business because I couldn't scale it quite the way I would have liked. At the same time, my mom was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia and passed away six weeks later. So now I'm mourning the death of my mom and my business at the same time. And I'm asking myself, hmm, okay, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? And again, the last 20 were not terrible. They were fine. And what will I do differently moving forward? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I want you to answer the question that you asked. And I think you said, how can I craft or how can we craft mm-hmm. a life that we want to be living in? What's mm-hmm. your answer to that? Because that is kind of the ultimate question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it takes a couple of steps. The first one is being grateful for what you have and recognizing that you have things to be grateful for, no matter how little or how much you have, or how Mm -hmm. bleak your life looks, there are things to be grateful for. So one, finding the gratitude. Two, getting in touch with your inner voice. Whatever you want to call inner voice, higher power, intuition, whatever that is, because that is where the answers are. Yeah. So many people now, nowadays, I sound like I'm a hundred years old, right? Nowadays. um, (laughs) I'm so with you on this though. Like seriously, we're so distracted (laughs) that we don't give ourselves space to hear that inner voice. We're always connected somehow to an electron, to electronics where we're hearing everybody else's voices outside of ours and not hearing our own. But when you get in touch with that inner voice, that's, that's where your truth lies. What is true mm-hmm. for you? What is your next step? And so tapping into that inner voice, the way I do it is through meditation. And that's uh, not the it. only way. Oh, but that's such a good way. It's such yes. a good way. It's scientifically yes. such a good way that, I mean, obviously our Western science is catching up to what the Eastern science has been telling us for millennia, but absolutely meditation builds up the parts of our frontal lobe that have that capacity to just stay in that, you know, executive functioning space. And even, you know, when we're doing something that we've been doing every day forever and ever and say, it's fine. It catches us and looks at the bigger picture and says, is it fine though? Like grand scheme of things, maybe up until this point. Yeah, fine. And now is it, is it, or is there more that we want to do here? So I like that. I love that. Right. And then once you hear that, once you're open and able to hear that voice, 
you're going to hear things. This is why I think people don't want to hear it. <clears throat> you're going to hear things that maybe don't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm supposed to do. What I, that seems scary or, or crazy or whatever it is. So then the third thing you need is courage okay. to follow the voice. Gotcha. And I'm not talking like crazy. So it's great. Voices, like you know. gratefulness, self-awareness. Is that what the second one was? I, I call it connection. Connection, gratefulness, connection, and, and courage. courage. I like that. Those are actually the three pillars of my program. I call it the trilogy for success. Got it. And I can totally see that. I can totally see that. I think the gratefulness piece is a really great starting point. Really. Mm. I talk a lot about self compassionate self-awareness. And I would say that's like, you know, when you have gratitude, you're creating that compassion for yourself and for others. Right. Yes. And, and it helps you to bring that uniqueness to the self-awareness because you're right. You're going to have to have some courage (laughs) to step into stuff. And I think that one of the places we back down, even within our own internal limiting belief dialogue is just in the, that first beginning part, like, well, I should have done this earlier. I should have known better. I put myself in this position. So, you know, who am I now to step into something else? I, 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 you know, I'll opt out. I was talking to interviewing somebody the other day and they were, they were speaking to this thing about like, they didn't, it was almost painful for them to put themselves in an idea of, I get to choose for me. Like that's the place that they ended up after years and years of sacrificing for the family and for the kids and doing all the right things. Like these are the women I've been interviewing. It's remarkable. Like, I mean, you guys carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders um, and did all the right stuff by all accounts. But as did I, except that we're not feeling satisfied, but you're right. Then we kind of go to this thing of, did I do something wrong? If I don't feel satisfied, is it because of me versus is it because I'm, you know, not stepping into making some courageous decisions for myself? I think it's a matter of stepping back and and recognizing that everything is right. Whatever choice you made was the right one. There's a guy I follow on Instagram. His name is Peter Crone, and he's known as the mind architect. And he has mm. this quote that I absolutely love, love, love. It's, it's uh, what happened happened and couldn't have happened in the other way because it mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's you got to think about that for a second, but that this is why it doesn't make any sense or um, like it's not worth it to beat yourself up for things that happened in the past. You can't go back and change them. They happened that way for a reason, Mm -hmm. whatever. Like I know people get angry sometimes when you're like, everything happens for a reason. It doesn't. Well, it kind of does. Kind of. Whether you want to accept that or not, the the fact is you can't go back and change it. All you can do is accept this is where I am today. Now what? Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And you will win or you will succeed. It just depends on which way you're thinking it, it, you know, like you're right. No matter what you think, if you think you're not, it's not going to work, it won't work. Do you think it's going to work? It'll figure out a way to work. Like that's totally true. Your mind will just follow what you tell it. It can do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't know bounds. We've been taught all these boundaries. And so I think we get kind of stuck in that old, limiting side of things, but really our brain is just going to follow what we tell it to do. There will be barriers, but you know, 
That's where the courage comes in. Correct. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And then there's a piece that we didn't, that I didn't mention. And that is the rewiring of your brain because all of these things, like you can be grateful and, and gratitude will help rewire your brain because it will help you see things. The more you are grateful for, the more you see things to be grateful for, the more things to be grateful for will show up in your life. It works the other way around as well. When you find Mm -hmm. lots of things to complain and criticize, more of those will show up in your life. That's why people who are like stuck in a rut will stay stuck in a rut because all they see is the rut. Yeah. When you start reaching out for finding gratitude, what you're doing from an energetic standpoint is raising your energetic vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and I think you're really insulating, which goes to my next question, but I think you are really insulating that, that, that negativity emotively really does suck us in. So Mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard to pattern interrupt when we're looking for the next wrong thing to be happening because we're in that funk. And this practice of gratitude really is exercising kind of the counterbalance to that. So I really Mm -hmm. love that's how your program starts out. But my question is, what are some common challenges um, that you see women that you're working with or men that you're working with face? A couple of things in, we touched on this a minute ago is the beliefs. It's the Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs. Those can't be changed by just thinking I can change them. That's that you're trying to change things at a conscious level, but those beliefs are deep rooted mm-hmm. in the, the other than conscious mind. And they were programmed there since birth. So it's a matter of actually rewiring, creating new neural pathways in your brain to believe different things, things that serve you better. And so that is one, that's like the main thing that yeah. holds people back is trying to overcome those beliefs with methods that don't work. Right. I'm not a fan of affirmations for this reason, because you can walk around repeating I'm rich or I'm wealthy or I'm lovable or whatever all day long, but your conscious mind is going, but no, you're not, but no, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And like aligning those comes through that emotive piece which gratitude is, right? Yeah. Gratitude isn't a mindset shift alone. It's a it's a an emotional shift. Right. So when you can get your feeling state behind what you're saying in an affirmation, that's what like Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about when he's talking about that's where the change happens. Yeah. You can say it all you'd like to say it, but if you don't actually believe it, the limiting belief is what will guide that. But if you can emotively get yourself to change, that's why I think it's just so that's such a strong way right out the gate in that three-step system for you because it really starts to align for people emotively. How do I start believing in what I'm yes. saying? I have yes. to practice that. I have to practice believing that I, sh- I have way more to be grateful for in this world than I do not, um, yeah. but I've got to train my brain to look for it and then my emotions will follow with that. Uh, exactly, exactly. Would you like me to share an exercise to help people? Oh, I'd that? love that. Yes, okay. please. All right, cool. So next time you catch yourself complaining or criticizing, because again, we're human, we're going to, we do it, catch yourself and say, but, but I'm grateful for, and then find whatever you can find to be grateful for. It doesn't even have to be related to the thing you're complaining about, Mm -hmm. but I'm grateful for. Yeah. And 
have you ever heard that you uh it, it's not a good idea to use the word but yes because it negates the first part of the sentence but i can see how you're doing it strategically exactly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's <laughs> that awesome. exactly why we're doing it so, and yeah. it's good i'm so glad you brought that up because my listeners would be like why did she not say anything about that <laughs> she's always telling us <laughs> to use and because for me i also am trying to help people hold paradox it's okay that mm -hmm. some that more yeah. uh, seemingly opposite things can be true they truly yes. can and the more tolerance we have for that, not feeling even, you know, like just say, and like, this is true. And what do I have to be grateful for? Like, let's fo focus on that. But I like how you're using it as a strategy because it really negates then the first half of whatever you're thinking. Right. That's and great. It puts the focus on the second part. Mm -hmm. This is something that anybody who's listening, the more you do this, the more naturally grateful you become and you will just start seeing things more and more things to be grateful for. Yes. Even in situations where in the past you would have gone into a rage or you would have been frustrated, whatever it is, you will more naturally go to gratitude. Mm -hmm. No, that was beautiful. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. So what advice do you give women in midlife yep. uh, who feel like they're stuck and they're not sure what they want to do when they're trying to build this life that they love? I love this question because so many of us are waiting for our purpose to show up like it's an Amazon package at our door. <laughs> So true though. So true. I, I haven't know found my purpose, my purpose yet. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Right. My advice is start doing something. What is even moderately interesting to you? Start saying yes to more things. And that sounds crazy. Like people are gonna be like, say more, to more say yes to more things. I'm already so busy. But that's not what yeah. I mean. I mean, say yes to opportunities or uh, things that show up for you that your normal response might be, no, I'm not interested or no, that's not for me. Be open to new experiences. That's really what I'm saying. Okay. And take, take the opportunity when it shows up. For example, I met somebody through LinkedIn, actually reached out to her because she had badass in her uh, title in her description of who she was. And we had a, a Zoom call. It was fantastic. At the end of the call, she ended up uh, telling me she was going to introduce me to a friend of hers who lives locally to me. So then that woman and I got on a call and we were talking. And at the end of it, she said, hey, you know, I'm part of this indoor rock climbing group. Would you like to join us? We're going next week. We go once a month. And I've never been indoor rock climbing before. And I said, yes. Well, guess what? I freaking love indoor rock climbing now. That's so cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so when you're looking for, I get that rock climbing is not my purpose. However, it led me to something that I would have never been introduced to before. And, and it brings me great joy because mm -hmm. when you're on the wall, for one thing, meditation is, is one thing, but being on the wall, wondering where, how to reach the next there, you are not thinking about anything else. There are, there are no other thoughts in your head and yes. there's not a lot that can get you to that place. No, so it's, I love it's, it I'm that. certain a very mindfulness practice in that way, because you just, I mean, it would not be safe to be anything but mindful while rock climbing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you're in your gear. I get it, but still, it, uh, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a matter of saying yes to, to these new experiences and opportunities and just 
crawling your way through because you don't know where it's going to lead. You know, a new job opportunity or somebody says something about a new career path or something. I don't know. Just take it. Do Take a class, watch a video, read a book, whatever it is that you are being shown. And see, this comes back to getting in touch with your inner voice because little pieces of things will start, start showing up. Mm -hmm. Things you think are a coincidence or a synchronicity, they start showing up. And if you say yes to those things, it will lead you down a path that you would have never found by just sitting on the couch thinking, what am I going to do next? Right. Right. I, I, my new kind of spin on this within my own group coaching community is to say, you are your life's purpose. Mm -hmm. And when we center ourselves, then the, then the content of what we're doing at any given time aligns in our purpose, us, right? But the content can flow and change. I would definitely tell you that for the last 20 years, the major part of my purpose was raising children. I still have Mm -hmm. an eight-year-old at home. It's shifting now because one of those children is now moved out and, you know, starting his adult life. But I don't think that my life's purpose is to be a mom, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think I'm my life's purpose. And within the context of my life purpose, that was a big part of it for a long time. Being a psychologist, part of that for a long time. But I've almost like, I, I think it kind of trumps it all when we can think of it that way. Like you are the purpose, what you're doing in that purpose will feel in alignment at different times in your life. You know, like sometimes yeah. it will be rock climbing. Sometimes it will be art. Sometimes it will be a role like parenting or mm-hmm. a job or something like that. But it, that ebbs and flows with the seasons of our life. What doesn't ebb and flow is that we are at the center of all of that. Right. Who you are at your core doesn't change. Mm-hmm. How you express it changes. Yeah. And, and I think that's where people get confused as to what is my life purpose? I don't know that your life has one specific purpose of, like you said, being a parent, being a psychologist, being a, a, um, you know, sailor, whatever it is, those are things that you do and that make up who you are. Right. But when coming back to what is your purpose to me, the purpose of life for everyone is to experience it. Life is Love an experiment. It. Life is an experiment. Mm-hmm. So there are no right and wrong success and failure in the way that we traditionally define those things. Right. Everything is an experience. And if it doesn't turn out the way you expected it to, heh, it's an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, to- I can totally can concur with that. That's just... You know, like life is a gift in many ways, but I think that we've been, I I was saying to you, I think before we started even recording today, that COVID has been tough for a lot of us, but one of its like inner gifts was it interrupted the pattern of how we were living life prior to this Mm -hmm. and life, if it was feeling like a drag was feeling like a chore, 
was feeling more like a responsibility that you could barely make yourself get out of bed for in the morning. Um, it, it really gave us this gift of, is that where you want to continue to be? Because if you don't want to continue to be there, there's going to have to be a lot of shifting, but now is the time to take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and for some of us, we've done that like gangbusters. And for others, it, you know, there's been a lot of the limiting beliefs that held us back into old patterns. And so hopefully, you know, people like yourself and I are, are giving women um, and men, you know, opportunities to get coached in how to do this differently, how to step into our own courage and out of our, our trapped lives that way. Cause life is, you're right. It's like just an ongoing experiment. It's a gift. It's something fun. You get to play with it. If you, if you made a choice and you were totally hundred percent sure that was the choice to make. And then five years in, you're like, this doesn't feel great anymore. Great. That's fine. Then it was for, it had a five-year shelf life. Let's keep going. Yeah. It, it might else. have a five minute shelf life. Exactly. It really doesn't matter. You can exactly. change your mind. I was talking to uh, somebody the other day and I was saying, you know, really the only, the only decision that's not reversible or changeable is that one to have children. Like you can't go, mm-hmm. yeah, um, let me give you back. Let me kind of do parenting. I don't want to kind of, yeah, well, you I can't mean, really do that. Yes, there are enough. people who do that. I get it. But really like you can't stuff them back in, like they still exist. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then that person I was talking to said, yeah. And murder. I'm like, okay, true. Murder cannot true. be reversed. <laughs> Accurate. Everything else, any other choice or decision, you can change it. Yeah. It didn't work out the way you thought it would. Make a different choice. Do something else. Yeah. Pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I definitely just think, and again, I'm more centric to the women than just yes. the general population, yeah. but there's some really strong gender norming for women around role, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. midlife is. is this, is the pattern disruptor for us. And so it's a natural time for us to start to question that, like, yeah, uh, uh, I think it's killer whales and fe- and human females are the only females that live past menopause. Really? Uh, yes. Every other species, there's no more purpose for the grandmothers. Oh, wow. But our but our two species have lots of purpose for the okay. grandmothers. I and I I believe that for women in this time, this is when we're stepping into our power because we finally feel confident enough in who we are to say, Hey, this is who I am. And that doesn't mean I, this is who I am. Except me. I'm not going to change. It means I feel comfortable in who I am now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. No, completely. I think it's, you know, it, for those of us who went through COVID and men and and are in that midlife menopausal, whatever centered life stage, it was kind of a doozy because it was all of that coming at us at once and, um, stepping into our power though, it, like frees us from a lot of things it, yeah then you're well, just you know choosing that, your life instead you know of that living a life joke about the whole joke about gen x like come on we were the ones who were raised like a pack of wolves yes. on our own and now it, it just this occurred to me as you were saying that okay now we're like going through menopause and midlife and whatever like yeah okay come on Come on. Come on. I know. We are going to be like, we're the toughest (laughs) of all the generations. I have a, I have a friend that, um, is just early thirties, but had something happen where had to have her, you know, 
had to have a hysterectomy and I think she has like maybe one ovary, but not both. And so she was put into menopause early. So she's having symptoms like I'm having symptoms, mm-hmm. but I'm 47. And um, I talk about them constantly, like just a con- I'm like, why, why does it like, why do I need to have a fan this close to my face to put my makeup on in the morning <laughs> where it will slide off my face. And she's like, yeah, we, I, I will. I didn't know that you could just talk about those things. Like that is not something <laughs> our generation just does. Like I'm in a public bathroom, just whining about something with her. And I'm like, listen, what? Gen Xers couldn't care less what you think of what we have to say. Not That's to mention funny. nobody ever listened to us anyway. So we just were talking about all the things anyway. Like yeah, parents didn't care. Nobody was caring. But that's funny because I feel like the younger generations are far more open to talking about a lot more than yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, we, we are getting there now, but we never have before. Like the conversations that my friends have had with their kids about everything. Yeah. I'm like, there, there's there are just a lot so of things, much thankfully, that they keep evolving too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. They are. That I love it. I love it too. I love it too. But I, I don't, I think that they're just, you know, they're not enough of us talking about the changes of life for fem, for females. Mm-hmm. And it's constant. It is constant in our adult life that those hormonal changes, we need to we need to just make it normal to be talking yeah, about. Well, all that, those I think our generation is definitely doing that because you yeah. did not hear about it before. And now this is part of us stepping into who yep. we are and owning it and being like, Hey, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> this is a raw deal. <laughs> this, Who decided? Yeah. <laughs> this does not seem okay to me. So tell me about how your services specifically help women yeah. embrace their unique strengths and use them to achieve their goals and create a filling life. It goes for women back and men. All of them. But yes, the I do work with I do no, I do work with a lot of women because women are more likely to raise their hand and say, I need help. Ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. that. So, so, and in terms of helping them, it comes back to those three pillars of gratitude and mostly getting in, how do you connect with yourself, with your own inner voice and hear what it's telling you and then follow what it's telling you and how do you get in touch with it? So we touched on meditation which there are so many myths and misconceptions around that as well. And we were talking earlier about introvert, extrovert, but, but what is meditation? And so I spend a lot of time talking about or dispelling the myth that meditation is this one thing sitting on a mat, cross-legged in total silence with no thoughts running through your head for hours at a time. That may be one form of meditation. And that's what people think of when they think, and they say, I'm not good at meditation. And so one of the big pieces is helping my clients realize what, what can serve as meditation for them, even if it doesn't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that you help women or help your clients to see it that way, because there is such a, it it seems like such an ethereal, huge thing, this idea of meditation, but there's such you know, strong definitions that it, it must be 
the Buddhist monk level, right? right. And honestly, it, it, two minutes of focusing on your breath does wonders for yeah. your brain. In fact, the the law of diminishing returns says that after about 15 to 20 minutes of, of, med- of true meditation, like getting your brain to be focused mm-hmm. on one thing, there's not such exponential benefits after that. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not even a huge time commitment. I tell my clients, like right. I'm talking about, could I get you to 15 to 20 minutes a day? If you could do that twice a day, awesome. But honestly, if you do 15 to 20 minutes a day, you are, you're right in that you're getting the 80% of the effectiveness of it. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Dr. Andrew Huberman has research that shows that three minutes a day, as little as three minutes a day has significant benefit. Mm-hmm three minutes. And so, right. Whether it's three minutes or 15 or 20 minutes, that investment of time makes you so much more focused, creative, resilient, productive, that essentially what you're doing is buying back time because something that might've taken you an hour could potentially take you 20 or 30 minutes. So now you just bought yourself a half an hour. Right. Right. How do you, there's nothing else that does that. It's not time management. Mm-mm. We time management is not what makes you more productive. It's this, nope. what we're talking it's- about, managing your inner thoughts and, and emotions and all of that, that yep. is the true, t- uh, productivity maximizer. It, it completely. And, it, and ironically we've been marketed to have our, to have ADHD. Why does everybody have attention problems? Because that's, that's literally, we're being barraged with things all the time, right? We're being barraged all the time and our brain adapted to that. And now it's like popcorn, popcorn. Yeah, actually our brain has not adapted to it. Well, it's not adapting (laughs) well, but it's trying because that's what it does. That's, it's just try. okay, give me that stimulus. Then that's what I'll try to do. And And so we're trying to counterbalance that with the meditation which yeah. actually then gives you way more control over this thing, right. which then makes everything better for you. Yeah. In fact, that refocusing, the part that make the people think makes them not good at meditation because they can't focus because the thoughts are carrying them away. Every time you have a thought and you see, oh, I'm getting carried away by a thought and you refocus back to your breathing or the meditation teacher's voice, that actually makes you more focused outside of meditation. Yes. That is a key piece of meditation. And people think that that's what makes them not good at it. That no. is what, that's, that, that's what maximizes the benefit of meditation. Exactly. It's like weight training. That's yes. the strength. That's the rep, right? So my mind right. wanders, but I pull it back in is yep. the rep. And so if you're going to strength train your brain, the more your brain wanders, you're just doing more reps than yeah. anybody else. That's right. And tell you, analogy. yeah. And tell you get it, you know, to dial in and be able to just hold that space. But even, even the best of meditation people yeah. are still doing that. The, the brain is, yeah. has a, a default mode network that's supposed to be scanning your environment at all time. It's a survival strategy. So of course yeah. it's going to do that. You're just trying to build the reps around pulling it back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, uh, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let my listeners know how they're going to be able to find you. It's my pleasure to be here and they can find me at my website, which is zenrabbit.com. That's the name of my company, Zen, Z-E-N, rabbit like a bunny, zenrabbit.com.
Mm-hmm. And of course, I'll have all those connections in the notes as well. So people can easily click on that and find you. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Is there anything I didn't ask or anything you'd like to be able to share with my listeners? The one thing I will mention is when you come to the website, you can download a PDF of the five easy ways to start living a sabbatical life. Ooh, I'm going to download that. (laughs) (laughs) I like this idea. Yes. And you can also find some 10 minute meditations there as well. So we're just what we're talking about. The meditation. Just what we're talking about. Simple, easy 10 minute meditations. I love it. I'm always looking for more resources to send people. Cause you know, like everybody's got a different like way they do their stuff. And some Mm -hmm. of my stuff just doesn't resonate for all of my listeners. So thank you. Thank you very much, Lori. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that amazing? I I told you she's amazing. She gave us so many tools today. So I hope, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed by taking this information, going to our website, zenrabbit.com, downloading the things that she's given you as tools. This is a great example of where you can get started. These are tools right there available to you for free. So I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. I hope that you bookmark this podcast and come back to it because it was jam packed with all kinds of goodies. And I hope this helps you on your journey to learning to love your story. All right. So I'm adding a little addition here. It's the legal stuff. Just so you're aware, nothing in any of these podcasts constitutes actual psychotherapy. Yes, I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, but everything here is just educational in nature and is a suggestion of things that you could be doing in your own life to learn how to love the life that you're in instead of waiting for a life that you're dreaming of to come towards you. So just remember, this is not therapy. And if ever you need any resources for mental health, look in my notes and I'll always have a little blurb at the bottom where you can click on a link and get those services for yourself.